I'm Sir Evans, and welcome to some real life morning motivation. Because no one wakes up in the morning and says, I hope I have a bad day. My desire is to empower and inspire your daily endeavors. Because you can do whatever you set your mind to. The question is, what do you want to do? Whether you're still finding your passion, pursuing it, or living it, motivation is a daily requirement for your success. So here's your morning motivation. Yep, yep, it's about that time. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Real Life Morning Motivation Podcast show. And I am your host for today, as always, your host always, Sir Evans. And um, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day because, not just because I woke up on this side of the dirt, but because I'm thankful for an opportunity to be able to um, fulfill whatever task it is that the Lord has for me to fulfill today. One of the things I prayed for this morning was just to be able to um, flow like a babbling brook, whatever it is that you want me to flow out you know, just use me as a conduit to flow. And, you know, as we're kind of reaching the end of the year, you know, to be here before we know it, um, it's, it's, it's about that time where we kind of begin to evaluate the situation. I think 2020 has been one of those years that has kept us under constant evaluation, which I think that that is something that you should do despite a pandemic taking place um, is to have those constant evaluations but nonetheless 2020 has been a year where we have had to have constant reminders to kind of check our temperature in our current situation where that comes in handy is because I know a lot of times when we set up for that new year we have our goals that we put in place I know I do not even a new year's resolution um, it's the same thing, but I do it aside from New Year. You know, I set up what am I going to be my intentions for the year. Um, you know, personal, uh, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual opportunities of growth. What are those areas? What does it look like for my marriage this year? What does it look like for us as a team moving into this new year? What's that going to look like? So for me, that's kind of something that we do every year. And I know when people were getting ready for 2020, one of the, um, you know, selling points was that 2020 vision. And I never bought into the 2020 vision concept because being a man who wears contacts or being a man who wears glasses, I know what 2020 means. (laughs) I know what 2020 vision means. So really when we're aiming for that 2020 vision, that really just means that your vision is normal. It's not above normal. I forget what the calculation, I want to say that's like 2050 or 5020, something like that. But 2020 basically is basically means you have average vision. So going into the year, I was never aiming for 2020 vision. That was never even a slogan that I wanted to mix up because I know what it means. So I'm not going for open for normal, not going for ordinary. We are extraordinary beings uh, striving to live extraordinary lives. So I'm not going to settle for just having that normal bar set just to get to that average level. But the reason why I mention that is because 
when we're setting up the goals, whether it's 2020 vision, whether you're setting up the new goals, one thing that's imperative um, that I think a lot of people, if you don't plan, if you plan this year and you kind of got punched in the mouth, if you if you witnessed a, a goal this year that was kind of derailed due to the pandemic um, in which you had absolutely no idea what you were going to do to um, combat that, then I think that this this season was very critical for you in understanding risk management. And that's really what this episode is about today because that risk management is important in identifying how to handle goals when goals get derailed. So, this one was more of a recent one. I heard somebody had mentioned this, and this one had a, uh, it's a two-part, it was a two-part morning motivation. I know I broke this up into several segments, but I'll probably kind of tackle this one in one episode, even though I think there's some some other things that can be can be explored within it but we'll cross that bridge when we get there so without further ado let me get into today's morning motivation once again morning motivation messages are sent out monday through friday as a daily inspiration to get your morning started in the morning if you are not a subscriber if you know somebody who would like to subscribe tell them to text motivate me to 31996 two words text motivate me to 31996 and you will be added to that morning motivation text thread the messages are interactive so if you text me i can see it i will text back and then also if you see a post that kind of provokes um, or ignites your thoughts that you say hey i'd like to see you kick that one around a little bit or you know i kind of think about it like this What, what, what were you thinking when you were writing this one I'm all for it because that's how we get the substance for our motivation mess, um, podcast today. So let's get into it. I am a fan of taking popular quotes and phrases and finding holes in their logic. <laughs> Today's quote is, you have to take risk in order to be successful. Now, that statement, if taken solely at face value, is somewhat false and lacks multiple dimensions required when discussing risk. One of the key components of project management is risk management. There are three ways that we can approach risk in order to be successful, and only one of them involves taking it. You can choose to avoid a risk, transfer risk, or take a risk. You have to take risk in order to be successful. By identifying what type of risk it is and the role that you will play on that risk helps us to make sense of whether we should personally take it on. The system is designed for you to act hastily or not act at all. Therefore, managing your life, especially the risk, is one of those things that's well to be approached from the middle of the two extremes. It's in the middle that the plans are formed and smart decisions are made. Risk are time-consuming and costly, and we can't afford to take them just for the sake of taking them. So, okay, I'm not going to waste too much time. Like, let's jump dead into it, right? So, first of all, let me let me stop. 
our life is all about project management. Our life is one big project that is being managed. Okay. So when we look at this from a project management standpoint, and that's, that's where I was at. I've been kind of studying project management over the last few months. And one of the big things is risk. So everything in your life is a project. Okay. Whether you're, um, when you were like going to school and say, Hey, I'm going to get through school or whether it's that, um, starting a new business or starting that new relationship, um, that courting phase, that courting phase would be considered a project. Um, for example, might be working on a, a, a new product line. Okay. That's your project. Whatever it is that maybe you're trying to become stronger, um, in a, in a particular skill or be better at a particular emotion or handling something. That's a project, right? Once you begin to get that project, once that project has been completed, now it's all about kind of managing it. And that's when it becomes a program. Okay. It's something that it was a project at first. You came up with the concept, you got it rolling. So now it's quote unquote, it's program. So then it becomes something that a program that needs to be managed. So that's why, hence the phrase, get with the program. Whenever you hear that typical phrase, get with the program, is usually get with what's going on already. So it's, it's not really so much a project at that point. It's already been done. There's already a system in place for it. Get with the program. So where risk comes into this situation is that every project has a risk. Every single one of them. And I'm going to dive into that in a little bit, but every project has a risk. So a risk is something that could contribute or hinder a desired goal. It's basically something that would contribute to the volume of your success at a desired goal. So I think that this is is important to kind of distinguish the two type of people that topic is helpful to because it's helpful to them in different ways. So first of all, you have your risk takers. Okay. These are the people that they probably don't have no issues taking a risk. They might even probably take too many risks, but taking a risk is not really an issue for them. They don't really have that quote unquote failure to launch. So for these type of people, when you're listening to this, listen to it from the perspective of analyzing the difference between the ways in which we manage risk and then evaluate accordingly and how you can implement those into your own life. Then on the other hand, you have the risk avoiders. These are the people that need to take a risk. These are the ones who analyze every single why. Um, They avoid everything at all costs. And um, these are the people that have to kind of, that should listen to this and listen to it and really think about, for one, why it is that you avoid so much um, and learn from the differences in these risk management approaches in order to help you become more effective in pulling the trigger in the risk that you encounter in your life. Here's the thing. All risks are not created equally, but some risks are. And I'll give you an example. I was speaking with a multimillionaire supplement guy who owns a supplement company. And I remember him telling me with every new level that he reaches in his business as it grows, he has to risk it all. And I'm like, okay, tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. Don't just hit me with a, with a, with a quick quote. Tell me more. What does that mean? 
you know, he says every time that he invests in his business to make it grow, then he's now putting, you know, risk on the, on the line, all the risk, all the everything's back on the line from his family, you know, to kind of convincing his wife that, hey, I want to grow this again. We got to kind of take almost everything that we got and roll it on this next move to grow the business, you know, to staff being be, having all hands on deck with your staff to be able to have them on board for this new move that is now out of their comfort zone because it's now um, another series of growth is just really just putting it all on the line every single time and as he said that it resonated with me because and I'm looking at it like okay when you are trying to double up on a particular product then you're really putting all the risk are in the same basket. So everybody can relate to this. So let's let me break it down. So from a street perspective, let's say you're doing something with illegal substances, right? You got to put it all on the line. You're literally making one move to double up into another move and then it's doubling and it's quadrupling. But however, with that comes more risk. Now you have more product. Now you have more eyes on you. Now you have more circumstances that you need to be aware of the same thing when it comes to a small business owner let's say you started with a small amount of a particular product let's say more inventory the bigger your inventory is so as you're getting bigger inventory you now have to take on more risk because you have to invest more money in creating a larger inventory but you also have the risk of um, not knowing whether this new shipment will sell this new increase in your inventory so now you also have to make sure that you put things into place such as marketing to make sure that as your product increases now your demand can increase as well so you have to just put new risk on the line and then I started thinking about it from like a personal from a practical standpoint as well like raising a family um, building a relationship these are things that as you go higher in them you have to put it all on the line again like let's rewind to the courting example and these are all different stages of it where it's like okay you're courting you have to put a certain level of you on the line in order to effectively court someone in order to effectively date you know if you're and I'm, and I'm talking about this from a perspective of growing to that next level and then as you grow to that next level and you become an item you have to reinvest again in order to get to that next level. There's more that you have to put on the line to when you get married, when you're saying, hey, I want to. And you say, I do. There's more that has to be put on the line. You're literally you're literally putting it all on the line again. And you thought you put it all on the line before. A lot of times you don't. You, A lot of times you know you didn't put it all on the line before. But at the end of the day, you're feeling like you're putting it all on the line, right? To when you have your first child. Now it's all back on the line. Now everything that we've built, now we are um, about to bring another child into this world. And there's that feeling. You know, there's that feeling inside of you, that pressure, that, hey, we're about to do this. We're about to make this monumental step um, that's going to cost us everything. So when he said that, it was, it was, um, it was interesting because knowing that all risks are not created equally there are those certain risks that sometimes we just take and we need to take those without too much 
thought. And this is really for those who have that failure to launch. You feel like they have to overthink every situation as far as when it comes to taking a risk. Who that quote is at face value for, you got to take a risk for those who are not taking any risk. So t think about those things. And sometimes you have to pull the trigger um, without doing a whole lot of analyzing. Because one thing's for sure and two things for certain. Every risk that you jump off the leaf, off the cliff to take, it might not be a good decision might not always be a bad decision but one thing it will always be is a learning lesson so keep that in mind and that's for my risk avoiders so just kind of as we're going through it just just think about which perspective that you approach the situation with right so another thing that i kind of wanted to clarify as i was looking at this um is what's the difference between risk and a fear because you can be afraid of a risk, but your risk is not fear. Okay? <laughs> so you can be afraid of a risk, but your risk is not fear. So let me, let me kind of explain what I mean by that. Let's say you want to start a new business. Okay? Your risk is not making money. Um... Risk might be like delivery and manufacturing delays or finding a, um, an adequate supplier, okay? Failure is not necessarily the risk, but it's the product of risk. Why one would fail is the risk in business. Fear is the feeling that's triggered from the result of the risk, okay? So fear is a byproduct. Of a, of a failed risk. It's not necessarily the risk itself. You got to kind of backtrack and not just jump straight to fear. So even when you're looking at why have I not pushed this button? What am I afraid of? Okay. What you're afraid of is rooted to a risk. It's rooted to something that in most cases can be solution based. Okay. I remember reading, um, this book, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, fantastic book. Um, and one of the things that he said in there was um, imagine worst case scenario. What does worst case scenario look like? Okay. Like if you were to actually attempt um, your goals, like attempt your wildest dreams, right? Worst case scenario, what happens? Okay. Worst case, absolute worst case. Are you dead? Did you die? Okay. If you did not die, what does worst case look like? And what would you do? What would you do if worst case scenario happened? And really just playing that scene out in your mind can help you to recognize the risk. Because by working through that, you're now seeing the risk that was associated with that worst case scenario and facing it head on. Or in some cases, you might even be able to face it and see it and realize just how small that risk might have actually been, which would make you kind of um, reassess how you would approach that situation. You might approach it with more tenacity this time because now you can see that the risk isn't as frightful as you once thought it was. Okay. That's, that's one of the things to keep in mind with a risk versus a fear. There's three different ways to approach a risk from a project management standpoint, and you have risk acceptance, you have risk transfer, and then you have risk avoidance, right? So when do you accept 
a risk. When do you take on a risk? When the risk can be managed, when the risk can be extinguished, or when the risk is unavoidable, unavoidable, right? So let's use the examples we was using earlier with the uh, with the millionaire guy with the supplement company and some risk being created equally. So this is a prime example of when risk when risk acceptance is taken when it's unavoidable. Like if you're building that family and you are getting married. Now, of course, that's an option. But if you're already committed to it, like I'm going to do this, then there's risk associated to it that you have committed to just by saying, I want to marry you. You saying I do. There's risk that you have automatically. They're unavoidable now because the only way to avoid them is to not get married. Okay. Same thing with that next step where that child comes into the play, you know, and this is assuming that you're going to have the child. That's a risk that you accept because it's unavoidable. This is what's happening. Whatever risks are coming, they're coming. Same thing with that business. In a business, this is why I say it's a, sometimes you pull, the, you pull the trigger based purely off of passion. And this is when a business is created where it's like, I'm going to start this business, period. And that mind state is really more of a mind state for something like that where it's like, this is unavoidable. So in that regard, you are committing yourself to whatever issues whatever risks come up if you perceive that risk to be something that's unavoidable or you might even perceive the risk to be manageable or something that you can extinguish once you get through them that's that's it right there you know what i mean if you feel like it's one of those three that's when the risk has the highest level of acceptability so it's something to keep in mind but not all risks are created equal so that's why you can't jump off the cliff with every business concept. You can't jump off the cliff with every chick or every dude because it just don't make sense. You know, you just can't, you can't treat every risk the same. So that's what that concept is. And when you're taking on, when you're accepting that risk, it's like, I'm going to face this head on for whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you still need to be doing some analysis of that risk if you're going to take it on. Like, what, what does this look like? What's, what's the roadblocks that's going to come with this? Like, even though you prepare for them, what, what does it look like? So, what about risk transfer? Right? And risk transfer, this is an interesting one because this is one that... Um, I think this is one of the big ones that, just from a business standpoint, this is something that separates an entrepreneur from a business owner. And then this is also something that separates the emotionally healthy and the mentally, well, the emotionally healthy from the emotionally unhealthy is that risk transfer. This is for the people, the people who probably need this concept the most are your workaholics, the people that wear many hats. There's always work to be done, but that doesn't mean that it has to be done by you. Like, like, listen, and I'm, 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 I'm formally guilty of this. Just because it's work that needs to be done does not mean it needs to be done by you. So the reason why I use the entrepreneur and business owner analogy, and this will kind of frame risk transfer perfectly. If an entrepreneur takes the week off, the business cannot run. The business cannot run because the entrepreneur is the one who runs the business. If a business 
owner takes the week off. The business is still sustainable because the business owner has people in place to make sure that the business is still running. The business owner in a large regard has transferred the risk. So let's tighten up that, that, that analogy a little bit, right? You have a project that needs to be done and you only have so much time to do a certain amount of things. Can that risk be transferred? Can that task be transferred to somebody else? Can it be delegated to someone else to handle? Do you have to do it? Like, you got to really ask yourself, do you have to do it? Um, one great thing I heard from one of my wise sages is to look at things operationally, strategically, and logistically. So in your life, you are the general, okay? And everybody, everybody is not going to fall into the same boat. But for me, um, I'm an operational person. I'm very good at logistics. Um, I'm very good at strategic, at, at strategy as well. I actually love to create the strategy. Um, oh, I'm sorry, there's strategy, tactical, um, and logistics. Okay, but you don't need and you should not be doing all of the roles. That's what your team is for. Ultimately, as a general in your life, you should more than likely probably come up with what the strategy looks like for your life. Okay, so that strategy component is how am I going to interact on a day to day basis? How am I going to interact on a yearly basis, annually? What does my character look like from a practical standpoint? What does my business look like? What does the business plan look like? How does all this, like, what is the, what are the plays that need to be run? Okay. But once the plays are created, that doesn't mean that you're the person who should be running the plays. You're not the tactical person. Like, you're not the person that's being deployed all of the time. Sometimes you need to find somebody that's going to deploy for you. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a family, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a, uh, an employee, you have to be able to put people in place where things can be transferred. Okay. So as you're taking care of the strategy of it or the logistics of it, somebody else is taking care of another component. That's the, that's the purpose behind that teamwork. That's where that team effort comes in that's why you have the most successful people that say I didn't do this alone shouts out to my team because everybody knows the role that everyone plays and I'm not when I say successful your definition of success looks different from somebody else's definition of success but that doesn't mean that you probably are still going to get there by yourself it's still probably going to involve a team I don't care whether your 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 definition of success is to is overcoming a traumatic experience something even as huge as that is going to require a team it's going to require effort you need somebody an accountability partner you probably might even have you like a therapist in rotation you more than likely have you know friends or family that probably challenge you all of these things are important for that risk management and that risk transferring concept 
because oftentimes we don't have anybody um, we don't put people in place to kind of help us to transfer the risk in various situations right so that risk transfer who are you transferring your risk to like you have to analyze it and say mm, this isn't really me I'm not probably best suited for this risk right now somebody else can take care of that or you know what you can even do you can transfer it to a later time perhaps this just isn't the time which is kind of like a like a double play it's like a risk avoidance mixed with a risk transfer so that's something that you have to keep in mind so I want to also mention the the concept of the risk avoidance right so a risk avoidance this is a good one this is something that you know risk takers probably should do more of this is probably for people who probably put themselves into some more bad situations than they should I think everybody probably can do a little better job of avoiding risk <laughs> so let's look at this from a couple of different ways right I'm, a, I'm going to propose a few different examples just to kind of help paint this picture but to effectively avoid a risk you first have to identify what exactly is the risk or are the risk of your project so you got to identify that how does the risk play a factor into the overall outcome and then analyze it right so let's let's go back like and take this from that relationship standpoint again where you're dating mating uh, spouse partner right so let's say you're 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 trying to let's say your project uh, I'm using parentheses quote unquote when I say that let's say your project is um, finding that partner or maybe you're in that phase where you're courting or you're dating or you're involved with somebody or you maybe even looking into it you want to might not be ready whatever phase it is around that time right so <laughs> they're a risk right they are a risk <laughs> and the risk that might pop up for that situation especially like let's say you have a goal that you you're on you're enjoying your sing your season of singleness right so there's risks that come with that and let's say you even have your vision you've been given your vision on what it is that you're supposed to be doing in this season you even have that vision for you know what it is that you're supposed to be doing out of your singleness and then here comes Joe or Josie coming around, whoever they is coming around. And um, now you have to make some assessments about this risk because it's a risk. It's something that could um, that could impact your level of your project and the success of it. So let's take, for example, the person that you are who's interested in dating or somebody one day let's assume they're lazy let's assume that they have different goals from you let's assume that they might have different value system or let's assume that they don't have any type of vision or an ability to incubate and that's more or less for for my fellas and you might be engaged or trying to spark something up with a with a young woman 
and she has no ability to incubate, which basically is is the one of the key components of and the beautifulness of a woman is her ability to incubate. And when I say when I say that, I mean whatever you give her, she's able to take that and multiply that. So you take you give her a dream and she helps you uh, materialize that vision. You give her smoke, she give you a fire. You give her sperm, she give you a baby. She's an incubator. So especially if you're trying if you're dating, you're culting, you're cultivating that relationship and you're doing a risk assessment on whether this is somebody that I should, you know, give some time to and they're not an incubator and one of your things that you're striving to do is grow and flourish, then that's something that like a red flag. Can I see this person being an incubator for our relationship? Mm, no. Same thing with, with, with women. You know, you're a natural you are natural incubators. So here come this dude. He ain't got nothing to put in the oven. And I'm not talking about sexually, you know. He don't got nothing to put in the oven. Okay, what 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 how can you help me bake? You know what I mean? Because I'm here to bake. I'm born to bake. But you ain't got nothing for me to bake. So I'm going to bake my own. So you're, you're, not, you're not beneficial to me. There, there's no beneficial. And it ain't, about, it ain't about the clout versus the money versus not having money, this versus that. It's like a, one of a man's natural roles to, to do is to provide that, that vision, that purpose, that, that work. So it's like if you don't have it, then it's like how are you beneficial? You're not beneficial. This is something that you have to look at when you're doing those risk assessments. Because feelings can become a problem that ties us to that person or ties us to a crazy ex or ties us to an STD or ties us to having a child that we didn't really intend on having. Now we have a blessing, but we didn't really intend on doing that. But I'm still tied to you. You tied to some you tied to somebody that you didn't want to be. And now that's disrupting your personal journey, your personal journey. So we have to be mindful to assess that risk. How do these things impact my journey, my life, my goals? How does this person impact my life, my journey, my goals? That's my risk assessment. And I'm going to analyze this and I'm going to spend some time with this. Is this risk, is this a risk that I want to accept logically over emotionally? And you can look at this from the sales standpoint, even because from a sales, when we make purchases, especially when we make big purchases, we usually make purchase big purchases based upon emotion and we justify with logic. So we do the same thing when we're really taking on like a big goal. So you got to look at them too with that same precaution because we'll make a decision based upon our emotions, justify with logic, and then look back like, hmm, probably shouldn't have did that. So when we're assessing these risks, we have to be mindful of the power of our emotions, respect those emotions, bring them to the table accordingly in their justified position, as well as our logic. Logic should be in its justifiable position because if we over justify something, then we probably won't make a move on it. So you have to be respectful of your logic and your emotions when we're analyzing these risks. And then this is a form of that risk avoidance and you explore and you can explore coming back to that risk later. Like we talked about earlier with the risk transfer. Maybe this person isn't for me right now. And I'm going to direct that to the fellas because sometimes I think we have an issue with avoiding a risk that you're not prepared for. You know good and well 
you ain't have no good intentions when you was about to shoot at her. You didn't. You said, hey, let me take you out. You looking good. You don't know if she crazy. You don't know if she a killer. <laughs> you don't know if she match up on any other level that you wanted to match up on. But she fine. So now you sitting down here at dinner. You about to blow through 100, 200, 50 if you cheat. Date. And all you know is she fine. That's it. You don't know nothing. That was a poor risk assessment. <laughs> like it was, it, it was poor. Like realistic. Like it was. That was a poor risk assessment. Because now, what if, what if everything go bad? What if nothing goes good? What if you don't even get nothing out of it? No, even no, no happy ending for you. And now you sitting at the table, you piss, and you probably gonna blame it on her. But it's really your fault because you did a poor risk assessment. And vice versa, it's the other way around. Like vice versa, the the risk assessment was was shabby. So, one thing that I kind of want us to wanted to be clear on too was the difference between a risk and a hazard. And this is something that I'm going to spend some more time on on um, the reconstruction and renovations episode. But the biggest difference between a hazard and a risk: a hazard is something that can cause harm. A risk is something that can lower or increase the hazard happening. Okay, so let's look at it. And I'm like I said, I'm not going to dive into this too much, but I want to make sure we know the difference of these two. But let's say a hazard is okay. A hazard might be an abusive relationship, right? Somebody who might be mentally abusive, physically abusive. That is the hazard something that has caused you harm right so the risk is the the pedigree of the individual that you have been talking to so do they have a low risk of putting you into hazard or do they have a high risk of putting you into hazard when you met them were they were they already displaying characteristics that could be high risk or were they displaying characteristics that would create low risk? Same thing with that business concept where it's like a hazard, something that's going to cause harm. Is your, are your risk, are the things that are associated with that hazard, are they creating high risk or low risk? Homework assignment, as always, right? So homework assignment, really just ask yourself, for one, am I a risk taker or I'm a risk avoider? The next question we have to ask ourselves is why? Why am I taking so many risks? Why am I avoiding so many risks? And where in that logic and understanding can there be some fine tuning? Where do I need to do more transferring? Where do I need to do more avoiding? Where do I need to do more risk acceptance? How has my process been for analyzing a particular risk? Has it been helpful or has it been a hindrance? And these are things that kind of help us. You know, start with something small. Because this is something that we can use in every area of our life. This isn't just in business. Of course not. It's just as the examples that we provided on the show today. This is something that, that we can use from a practical standpoint. And it's something that's helpful. It will kind of help us to save time, which is our currency in life. 
you know, help us to save that time and it will help us to generate more healthy relationships and more healthy goals and more healthy outcomes in our life. So until the next episode, I want to thank you again for listening to the Surreal Life Morning Motivation Podcast show. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. If you enjoy the show and the content and you want to hear more, I never want to put subscribe to the link before the show even comes on because, hey, you don't even know if you enjoy it. You don't even know if this is something you'll want to check around for for the next time. So if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you text motivate me to 31996 to become a part of the morning motivation text thread. And I'm gone. Salute. God bless. I'm Sir Evans, and you've been listening to Surreal Life Morning Motivation. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And join me next week for Surreal Life, More Than Motivation. Thank you for listening. Salute.